Welcome to the That Healing Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Faith Ashenden, founder, CEO, and master mindset coach. I'm obsessed with helping you awake the healer within yourself so that you can step into a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. Join me in training your brain, rewiring your subconscious, and changing your inner world so that you can heal. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the That Healing Feeling Podcast. Today I'm bringing you a very special guest who has become someone who is near and dear to my heart as all of my HTA students really are because we go through such a transformation together. I'm bringing you Jessica Tuck, who is a graduate of my Health Transformation Accelerator program. This is a podcast that everyone on Instagram has been asking about because it is my first long haul COVID student. And oh my God, brace yourselves when I tell you that Jess's story is going to absolutely blow your mind. I'm not kidding. She is so generous because she goes into detail about her experience being one of the very first to experience long-haul COVID and debilitating symptoms that nearly took her life. So she has really been through the ringer and has demonstrated an immense amount of grace and resiliency. And I absolutely just look up to her and think that she is a fantastic example of our own innate ability to heal and really the art of human resiliency. So I'm really excited to bring you this episode and this conversation. I hope that it is encouraging for anyone who is struggling in any capacity and looking for healing. I think that, you know, Jess and I really go into what it feels like to be chronically ill, not just physically, but emotionally and things that we can all relate to as someone who has had a chronic condition. So I hope you feel at home. I hope you feel heard and understood and more than anything, encouraged as you listen to this amazing episode with an amazing person. And I'm just going to give you a little intro that she typed out for me about her intention with coming into the program and who she is and where she is now. And then we're going to dive into her testimony, which like I said, you guys, honestly, it's a wild ride. So be prepared. Jess says, I came to faith with the intention of finding healing from long COVID after two years of chronic COVID symptoms and side effects. After exhausting my options with Western medicine, unable to find help with the lack of knowledge about the new virus, I started to look into other avenues of healing and found that healing feeling. Together, Faith has been able to help me rewire my brain, heal my chronic symptoms and fatigue, and regain the confidence to handle life as we find out more about the effects of long COVID. I can't wait to hear what you think of this episode. Let's dive in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Just for making it here on the podcast. I know we've had a lot of back and forth with me being like extremely pregnant and sleeping all the time. I really appreciate you you being here to share your story. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I feel like we talk so much when we're like together and like going through HTA that, um, yeah, I've missed you. I've missed all the girls. Like it, it is kind of crazy afterwards, um, just keeping in touch. Um, and hearing everybody's like stories after. So it's, it's really good to be back on. 
Oh, I know. I miss you guys too. It is, it becomes like so part of your routine. And then all of a sudden it's over and you're like, wait, this is like this thing I did every week on a Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. And like, Absolutely. So yeah. Weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. And I love this um, like setup of like chatting on a podcast after um, and syncing back up and hearing what's been going on. And definitely thank God for social media for staying in touch. I mean, it's like, I love being able to like see what everybody's stock, everyone's stories and what they're doing in their life after HGA. <laughs> yeah, completely. I mean, that's how I think all of us find you as well. Like it's, it is good like to kind of what is out there in the healing like platform um because that was missing through a lot of my journey and I feel like when I found you um and I will I will preface and say my mom found you like straight up my mom my mom less mom is out there like my mom no one works harder than me than my mom and for me and uh, she actually found you and she sent it over and that is how I kind of got connected so I owe everything to her for that (laughs) for connecting me but um yeah it is it's awesome kind of seeing all the, the new, um, just tips and tricks and everything you put out and, um, that everyone kind of is on the health platform. So I think it's really helpful and it's stuff that we need when we're dealing with issues like we are with chronic illness. Mm, Yeah. The, their social media can be used for lots of different things. And I think it can be, we, we talk about this a lot, but like super, super healing and great and positive or potentially not as positive, depending on which side of social media you're on. Yeah. No, I mean, I think what's great about your platform specifically is it is, it's like, it's such a positive area. I've been in other support groups and there's just nothing compares. It's it's a lot of people getting on to complain and, um, you know, and, and vent. And while those things helped me through a really tough point in my life, in my journey as well. Um, there's nothing when it comes to like what your program has done and what you offer. So, um, I, it's been an honor to go through it and kind of to continue to keep working with you. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. Oh my yeah. gosh. If people are listening, they can't see my face, but I'm very kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. That is very kind. And that means a lot. And, um, I'm so excited to hear about your story. I mean, I think, you know, we should start as we always do, which is, um, as you know, as far back as you want to go, of like, you know, when did (laughs) the question of when did it all begin, but kind of like what brought you to where you are today? What, what is your story? Um, as much as you're willing to share, um, because I know that so many people are going to, to relate. Yeah. Um, my story, it's really surrounded around COVID, um, is kind of, um, was kicked off my journey, um, right at the beginning of the pandemic. So March 12th of 2020, um, it's kind of crazy to think back, like just even that day right before I was just a completely different person. I was 27 at the time. Um, I turned 28 a month later, but prior to COVID, I was an incredibly active 27 year old. Um, I worked out all the time. I was working multiple jobs. I was just go, go, go. And that's a lifestyle I've loved my whole life. So I was very used to that, very accustomed to that. Um, definitely an overachiever kind of um, perfectionist a little bit. Um, I'm just doing zero or a hundred. <laughs> it's not, It's one or the other. And um, so I think some other stories I hear sometimes are kind of like they, they lead one thing kind of leads to the other. And for me, it was just like running into a brick wall. (laughs) Like it was from day one, I woke up March 12th in the morning, I went to bed, I woke up March 12th, and I was running a fever and throwing up. 
And then a couple of days later, it went into my chest. And I mean, from there on, it's been a pretty tornado that first year. And then, yeah, just kind of the chronic illness, long COVID aspect after as well. Um, so I literally had to pull up a list on my phone if <laughs> if I'm talking about all of the the symptoms that I had that first time. And I think it's been a lot of like themes or my story is, I guess, a lot of being one of the first people to go through it, right? Like it's this pandemic, it's insane. And nobody knows anything about it. Um, then add on my age with that. And from the beginning, it was just, I'm the one going through it and updating my doctors a lot. Um, I'm the guinea pig. I'm having to very much advocate for myself a lot through through this. Um, and so back at the beginning of the pandemic, like you were only supposed to be like 50, like right when it came out, right? Like, you know, the NCAA just shut down. Um, all of that, that's probably what I was upset at most about, honestly. And um, yeah, I, doctors just were not taking it seriously. You weren't supposed to be 27. You weren't supposed to be an active person with no underlying conditions ever. I was an extremely healthy, healthy kid. And I, like I said, mentioned those few, you were only supposed to have the chest compression, one, the cough, which I've never had. and um, a fever and I would burn up, but I would never technically run a fever, but I absolutely had the chest compression. Yeah. Very weird. Um, but I had, I literally this whole list, so not the three, but I had it like 30, but I fever, um, well running really, really hot, um, throwing up diarrhea, the chest, just tightness where you can't breathe, um, horrible sore throat, the headache, all the sinus stuff people had the down the ears, just horrible sinus nose. Um, lost my smell, lost my taste, the hot, cold chills. Um, I had rib pain. I would have such abdominal, like rib pain and cramping and, um, yeah, lots of taste, loss of appetite. I would pass out. I couldn't, I, you know, like I said, was very active and I'd go from that to, I can't even walk up a flight of stairs without about passing out, taking a shower. I would need a three hour nap. I mean, it, it was just such an extreme level. Um, the muscle aching, extreme exhaustion, brain fog came into play. Um, my heart would pound. Um, and I developed an allergy to smoke. So, um, all within like this time and I'm going into, you know, urgent care and all, all these things and doctors look at me and they're like, you're fine. I'm like, my hands are turning purple in the doctor's office. Like clearly something's not right. Um, and I think for both of my, I don't know if this is just my story or if other people have had this, but I, both times that I had COVID kind of right early in 2020, um, I had like the initial two to three weeks of COVID were really, really tough. Like I did have all of that, but I could kind of get through it at the three week mark. I would have a couple days where I started to get better. And then my body just crashed, crashed, completely crashed. And to me, that's when side effects start to happen. So it's, it's more into week four, five, six, seven, eight, like it becomes this after effect of COVID in my body creates all these issues, all these like post symptoms for me. And so I, I just remember kind of about the eight weeks before I, I did end up in the hospital, um, was just running doctors, running a ton of tests. Everything's coming up normal. Like a lot of people with chronic illness stories have and with COVID, I think. And yeah, everything was just kind of coming up normal and they had no idea. And I just was not getting better. And the expectation at the time is you're a 27 year old, you 
like you're healthy, like you're going to recover. You're going to be just fine. And I think at the time I was kind of like, my family would joke, would be like, well, at least you got it out of the way. <laughs> at least, you know, you got it out of the way and and that is it. And um, it was tough. I mean, it, I think it's hard. I was halfway across the country from the rest of my family. I was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. I'm originally from Kansas. And so family's not around. I'm pretty much just there going through it by myself. It was a really crazy time. And like symptoms would jump like through different systems. It hit every system in my body. And it was kind of a joke what my mom would call me or text me every morning and be like, what do you have today? Like, we don't know. What are you going to have? And I mean, it would be like, it would be odd. It'd be like the most extreme sore throat in your life you could think of. I would have that. Like, I can't even talk, can't swallow. The next day it's like, I'm throwing up. Like, G, you know, more GI the next time they like the next two days I have complete respiratory. I can't breathe. It was just, it would just jump around in all my systems. Um, and I just never knew what I was going to have. It was crazy. And it, um, I just kind of didn't get better. And we were all like, I mean, something's wrong, right? Like something's wrong. And I had a doctor, thankfully one that did believe me. (laughs) Right. Cause I think that is, it's so difficult sometimes to find those doctors that will listen to you, respect what you're saying, um, take it at face value, like what you're saying. And luckily I did have one doctor really in Jacksonville, um, who is my guardian angel, honestly. And he, um, there's one day we had a doctor's appointment and he pretty much was like, just something seriously wrong. We have done everything you need to like, he put me on hold called the ER called me back, said, I already told them you're on your way. I went into the ER and this is day 56. Like this is eight week, the eight week mark. And, um, they found out I had two blood clots in my lungs and really massive, massive blood clots and one in each lung. And it had felt like a lot of just like electricity going off in my chest. And it's just, it's so hard, like watching your body just deteriorate. like overnight really. And, um, I lost like 12 pounds of muscle in that eight weeks. I, it really, I mean, COVID just, I hit this wall and my body just didn't recover. And with the blood clots, I mean, it it was tough. I mean, it's, if you know anything about blood clots, it's fatal. And that was pretty much when I got to the ER, um, I had 24 to 48 hours. That was the prognosis. So I, I mean, I think that point was so hard wrapping your mind around like eight weeks ago, I'm this healthy running around kid. And, um, now like this weird reality. Um, but my heart rate while I was in the hospital was like 150 and over if I stood up. So it was, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty serious thing. Um, obviously my parents, you know, hopped a plane down to Florida, but at that time, no one's allowed in the hospital. You know, I mean, no friends can come, no family can come in, you know, and I got extremely lucky. I held on, my body held on, my lungs held on, and I was in the hospital for four days. Um, But if you know anything about blood clots and blood thinner, um, the thinner just prevents your like blood from clotting more, but you still live with the two blood clots in your lungs. So, um, at that point, yeah, I get diagnosed with COVID toes as well, which is very odd. And <laughs> it's very interesting. Like the doctors are like calling my doctor, my um, primary care physician 
he is like calling his doctor friends in New York. Right. And I think at that point, it was just so crazy. I think that started the journey of really like being the one having to update my doctors, which is such a weird, weird, weird feeling because I think we rely so heavily on the doctors know all and they are incredibly talented in what they do. But this being such a new like pandemic and virus, like no, like you're supposed to be like the flu. You recover in a few days, like you're down for a week, whatever. And um, yeah, I mean, from the ER, like blood clots weren't a thing to look at in early May of 2020 at the time. And so my doctor's calling me in the ICU and I'm being like, hey, like I read this and I don't even know if this is true because it's Google, but like is blood clots like a thing? Like, and you know, he's checking around and he's like, sure enough, you know, in New York and the places seeing a lot more cases, like this is starting to be a thing. And, and then with COVID toes and, um, it's it's kind of crazy being on this podcast now, but I kind of always like was that weird case, like from the beginning. Um, they were kind of like, you're gonna like your name's gonna be in a journal, basically. Like your case is so crazy. Um, so yeah, that was that was a pretty intense, I would say, like start <laughs> to this that, whole thing. That is that is crazy. Like, I just feel like in such a short amount of time as well, like you said, like just going from feeling great and not having any pre-existing conditions to like, oh my God, it hits you in the face. I feel like with most people I've talked to with chronic illness, it's been, like you said, like it's been this like slow buildup of like, it started like this and then this happened and my immune system weakened or whatever. And then, but you've had like all this time to like kind of mentally get your head around the fact that like this is happening um, versus you where it's just like, boom. And on top of that, it's like, like you said, like we didn't know anything. At the beginning, it was just so like, basically wait and watch and see what happens without any information um, about what to expect. And that is so scary. I mean, I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, and, and then even like with the blood clot situation, I thought it was over, right? Like, I mean, the, the focus getting out of the hospital really was, they were like, these are massive blood clots. Like one, you know, anything can happen, but <laughs> um, they're, they're going to take six months to dissolve like they're massive and so I mean the goal really the focus then at that point is just surviving like staying alive for six months I mean I, <laughs> like what are you gonna do so I I obviously went home <laughs> to stay with my parents I was in pretty bad shape but um back in Kansas and that was such a strange strange time as well going back to a very rural area of the country and like COVID really hadn't even hit there yet. And so I I did have to change doctors. Like I was extremely frustrated with the lack of just, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's not a big deal. And I'm sitting there like, you don't even know what I've been through. Like, this is crazy. Um, I did have to, yeah, change doctors. I had specialists, like completely everybody just downplaying the whole situation. And even with the blood clots being like, you're young, you'll be fine. And um, you're going to, like in a month, you can start doing light cardio. And in a month, I think I could, I was like proud I could stand in the shower. Like it was, it was so extreme. Like, because I just, no one, no one anticipated. Um, and, and that was, that was, that was really, really weird. And like to be in a rural area and to ha- like come home with this 
insane story. And one, you either freak people out, like you either it's like it's extreme, right? Either people still just don't believe that it's real or they don't take it seriously. Or there's people that are so freaked out by your story. And I'm like, I try not to like panic them because I'm like, I mean, that's me. That's not necessarily you. Um, but it was, it was good. It was just, it was a weird time. And I, I was making it through, I was recovering a bit and, um, my best friend was getting married and I was originally supposed to be the maid of honor, like one of my best friends. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to miss out. I need kind of needed out of the house. I needed, I needed something to take my mind off everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go. I'll sit a lot of it. It'll be fine. About four days later, I start getting symptoms again. And, and I had symptoms at the time. I mean, through those two months, that two months of getting home. I mean, I still did between the headaches and the sore throat and the chest and everything. I mean, I still have two blood clots in my lungs, right? And um, and truly, if I hadn't got COVID the second time, I still think I would have had long COVID just from the first time alone. Like, I fully believe that. Um, and I think I think people don't understand when you when you can't breathe, even from COVID, whether it's COVID or blood clots, it is so scary. It is so scary. It's, it's such a mental thing. And, um, I would find it so hard to even sleep. You know, it's like as tired as I was, it was just, it was hard to shut off that anxiety and the health anxiety just to sleep, um, to get a full restful sleep. Um, I would have insomnia, just like weird stages. I, I still do. I still will have random weeks where I kind of have a four few days of insomnia, but, um, yeah, it, it, it was weird. I will just say it was just, it was a really high pressured stake and, um, you can't do anything with the blood clots. And then I'm on blood thinner, like I said, for the six months and I, I go to my best friend's wedding and four days later I start having cramping up my legs and I woke up in all of the symptoms, the, I mean, the headache, the sinus, the sore throat, the chest, I have diarrhea, I like everything flares. And I was just like, no, like I just, I kind of just internally knew. And I tried to get a COVID test done. And I had this nurse and specialist both tell me there is 100% not a chance you can have COVID again. Right. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was like, can you get it twice? Is that a thing? How long do your antibodies last? And I was just like, listen, (laughs) I had this before. This feels the exact same. You have to test me. And I really got told no. Like I did. I really got told no. I got told there's, they can run antibody tests for me, but there's no way. There's no way I can have this again. And I really had to, you know, advocate for myself hard and get a test. And they called me two days later and said, sure enough, you tested positive. And, um, that was, that was difficult because that was so defeating. I think for me, and again, being such a, I felt, I I just feel, have felt such like a weirdo, honestly, through this whole experience. It's so isolating. I think having any chronic illness, but it, you just feel like you're just out on an Island by yourself. And like I said, I'm in rural, rural Kansas with, uh, I've had it twice now in six months and blood clots and people haven't even gotten it. Like this is, this is, what is happening? And, um, the, the second time was the initial two to three weeks. It was kind of this similar process a little bit where it was the same thing for two to three weeks. And then I crash and then all the side effects and symptoms are happening. So at the three week mark, 
my hair falls out. I'm just having chunks and chunks. And again, this is before any of this is out on the news or anything. I'm just panicked to my mom being like, I am chunks off are just falling out. Like, this is horrible. I, for that next like four weeks, I am in the doctors every week, every week coming with crazy, crazy stuff. The hair is falling out. Um, and then, oh my gosh, what was it? There, there's just been so much that's happened. Um, yeah, my hair falls out and then, yeah, then I go in and I'm having straight throwing up or diarrhea for a week straight. I can't keep anything in my system. This is week five and it turns into like, into like an intestinal infection. Like I have stuff with my ribs. I have, I mean, it was just one thing after another. I have another relapse on week eight out of that and it kickstarts my period. I am on my period for four months straight every day. And I am in OB. I am in any doctor that will see me and test me. Um, and everybody, every is the same story. It was like, everything's fine. We, we have no idea what is going on with you. We have no idea why, why your body is doing this. Like what is happening? What's next? How to fix it? Like we have literally no idea. Um, and that I think is really, really hard. (laughs) That is hard to hear when you're in so much pain and you are struggling and you have all these symptoms happening and side effects. And you're just updating your doctors as you go and, um, trying to, trying to do the best you can. And, um, I think every time I felt like I would make a bit of a headway, um, you know, it would come crashing down again. And I'm, uh, I'm from an athletic sports family. Uh, my dad was a coach, so I grew up in sports and I grew up working out and I grew up, you know, and I think so much of the mentality growing up, rightfully so for that time period was you push through the pain. I I played on horrible injuries and you just, you push through it, you grind it out like it. And it was so difficult having, it's like the polar opposite is what you need to do. Everything you're ever taught ever, like doesn't help you in this situation. And, um, yeah, it, it was just, I remember during that time, many times telling my mom being like, I'm in some crazy dream. I am going to snap my fingers, wake up and it's all going to be back to normal. Like this is, this is some polar universe I'm in. This happens to other people, not to me. Like this is, which is, that sounds horrible, but I was really just like, this is, this is insane. Like, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much that first year was just stepping into this insane tornado of COVID and trying to manage that, get through it, update my doctors, um, being that 1% of the 1%. And, uh, that, that first year, it was pretty, pretty tough with that. Um, well, I was just going to say like, you're like, it's pretty tough. I'm thinking, well, that's the understatement of the year. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's just, it's, it's, it, sometimes it really is hard to put into words. Yeah, of course. There, there's so many levels to it. There's so many emotions. I think when you go through anything like that, that it is hard to unpack it all, um, and talk about it. And so much happened, but I think that first year for me, as crazy as it was, I almost feel like the second year was a bit harder because I think it was such a tornado. Once I got out of that tornado, you have to deal with the aftermath. And I don't think anybody 
anticipated long COVID was not a thing at the time. Again, I was, uh, to me, it was make it through the end of the year, get through the blood clots and you're going to be fine. I mean, blood clots themselves can take a couple of years to come back from, but, um, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. And I, I think I started to get a bunch of social anxiety. I think a lot of other factors then started to come into play, um, from the trauma, from, you know, the anxiety. And I've never had anxiety in my life. Um, obviously I get stressed like any human, but I I never have never had the anxiety like that. And to that extent, um, but yeah, social anxiety definitely did come into play. And, um, and my dad would have to tell me like, you can't be afraid to walk out your front door. And it was, it was extremely hard to be around anybody without my first thought immediately going to like, Oh my God, what if they have COVID? Oh my God, what if I get it again? I can't do this again. Like the spiral of it was just so overwhelming. It was just so much easier (laughs) to not deal. Um, and that was tough. And every doctor was just like, you're going to get better. You're going to get better. And I don't think anybody, there's just, there's nothing in your life that can prepare you when your life moves on and your body doesn't. Mm. And for me, as much as that, like, and how insane that first year sounds for me, I think I mentally struggled harder the second, the second year, because as like, we're all in the pandemic and your life does move forward as much as quote unquote, life can move forward in a pandemic. Right. Like, but I, I started working again. I got a full-time job. I was working remotely, which is the only way I could do it. Um, but I was working remotely full time and I was dating again and I was getting ready to like make a move. I mean, my, my life was, I was trying to move it forward. This thing happened. I want to let it go. And I was trying to move it forward. And there's so much mental pain for me, mental and emotional pain that happened when my life moved on, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that that chapter for me is probably the most complex. It's probably the the time if I'm like looking back on it that I've learned the most from, but it was definitely the most mentally painful and hard and emotionally hard to get through. Um, I just think there's such your identity really does get so stripped. Um, I was in a massive identity crisis and I, I don't think people understand. It's like, I kind of equate it to like with a sports injury, I guess. But if you tore your ACL, if you tore your ACL and your your knee's blown out and you are sitting in a chair and you want to go to the kitchen to make a sandwich and you have to put on a brace, you have to use your brace, like the crutches, you have to then think through like, oh my gosh, how am I, how am I going to get there? How am I going to make a sandwich and carry it? How am I going to get a glass of water and carry it? How am I going to sit and eat? How am I going to get dressed for work, take a shower? Like everything is different. How would I make it down the stairs with the crutches? Um, How would I get in my car? How would I go to work? Like every aspect, every thought you have in a day is completely different. It's, It's just on such a different scale. Like with an ACL, you would have surgery and, you know, you, you know, there's a recovery period. But like with chronic illness, it's just not. And if you're on crutches, crutching somewhere and you get tired, like, you know, I I mean, 
your arms get tired or whatever, like you have to keep going or you need help or like it's so difficult when it's it's a chronic illness and it's your whole body is is doing that, right? Every thought you've ever had ever to do anything is different. The way your body moves is different. How you have to do the pain that comes, the the tiredness of extra working your body in a different way happens. And it was really, really challenging um, to move to a new city. I think for me, looking back, when I moved to the Northeast and I moved up here to Boston, I way overstimulated myself. If I'm reflecting back, I think I got way too overstimulated. It was too many changes um, from what my norm was. Um, And I struggled. Like It really was. It was a really struggling like eight months. Um, you're, you're just having to, every aspect of your day is different and you're so fatigued and you're so like chronic fatigue. Like some days you just can't get out of bed and it's not even a will thing. It's like, you can't, you can't get out of bed. And I used to be able to multitask like crazy and your brain is just wired different now. I mean, I could do one thing at a time. You just, you have to put all your energy into just doing one little task and then you can move on. And it's kind of like doing a dishwasher, like unloading a dishwasher. I mean, the thought of, it's so crazy to people like that aren't in it. Like I, I understand how crazy it sounds sometimes, but like to do something where I'd have to identify what the dish is right? To physically have to lift things to go back and forth, to identify what the dish is, where it would have to go. And just like to do things like that over again, I felt like I was constantly choosing between, uh, do I want to straighten my hair today? Or do I want to cook? Because I can't do both. I can't do both arm strengths. I, I was just constantly felt like I was having to give up something to do something else. And sometimes the things that I like you're giving up what you want to do what you have to do, unfortunately. And I think, I just think there's so much emotional pain in not being able to do what you want, whenever you want to do it for such a long period of time. It just tears at you. It really does. I mean, for those who are listening and not watching, I'm nodding a lot because one, it resonates so much with me. And two, I earlier today, when I was telling you about this before we recorded, was I recorded a podcast on the five biggest struggles in my healing journey. And what I said at the end of the podcast was, what's interesting about this is I haven't even touched on the physical pain because at the end of the day, the five hardest things were emotional, mental, spiritual tolls. Like, yes, the pain sucks. And like your story, like, I'm sitting here like, this is blowing my mind. Like one thing after the other, like that is really rough. But then it resonates so much with me. And and I feel like perhaps it resonates well with anyone listening because it sounds like that is like the universal thread through chronic illness. It's like, as much as it sucks to wake up every day with whatever your conditions are and your symptoms are in that day, the the mental toll it takes on you. And like just the the words that you were using, like feeling isolated or like having to educate the doctor and like that feeling of almost like helplessness where, you know, the practitioner doesn't actually know the answer. So you're going in hoping that this time someone can give you something that you don't already know, but you're just updating them the same way that you updated the other person, you know, on what was going on. Um, And then, like you said, 
waking up every day having to choose. And what goes out the window is what brings you joy. And what you do is what has to be done. And I know we've talked about this a lot, but it's just like, yep, I've got to eat today. So I'm going to make a sandwich and that's it, you know, or like I eventually I'm going to have to unload the dishwasher. So that's what's happening today. And that's it. And now I'm exhausted and it sucks because I would have really liked, you know, I know that if I would have, like you said, straightened my hair, like I would have felt better and it, it gives you a pep in your step, but you can't do it. And constantly getting these things taken away from you, things that are so essential to your overall health and well-being, like joy is essential to being healthy and it's all stripped away. And I think that also there's not acknowledgement or narrative or really support in that area when it comes to chronic illness and the way that there is for the physical sensation. And so you're going to get like perhaps a solution and definitely some understanding and sympathy if you go in and you're like, yeah, I've been vomiting for 24 hours. They're going to be like, oh my God, that sucks. Like we can all relate to that. That's absolute shit. But like you can't possibly understand how horrible it feels to wake up day in and day out, just waiting to see what's going to be, how crap I feel today. And am I going to be able to achieve the thing I know I have to do to pay my bills or survive, you know? And um, another day, just like that. And then another day, just, you know, and it sucks. And it's, it's no way to live. Like it purely, like you said, like it's really surviving and mentally because you become so strong physically. Like you said, you can just get through it. Like you get through the pain, like as humans, we're resilient, we get through it, but like mentally it just tears you down to the point where it's like, I don't know. Like to me, like I I can relate so much to where I just thought, what's even the point? Like, what's the point of getting up? Because at least if you physically have pain, but mentally you're like, I've got this, you can make it through. We know you can, (laughs) but mentally, if you're just torn down and you're isolated, like as human beings, you can only take so much. And I feel like that's what people are really feeling in the chronic illness space. Completely. I I mean, there were days it was just like, I didn't even want to go to bed because I didn't want to wake up and do it again. Like that's, I mean, that is real, real. Like it's just, and and you go through this couple days where you'd be like, oh, this is my normal. Like I'm used to it. And then that it builds, it's like a pressure thing. And then you'll hit a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And then it's just like, you have a day you're in tears, you're just breaking down. And then like, you kind of get yourself back up and you're like, okay, this is normal. Like, and I think we're so conditioned, like growing up to be like, you get down once you get up, you get knocked down seven times, you get up eight. And, but you don't, you're not conditioned. You never learn. Like you get knocked down 800 days mm-hmm. to get a 801. Like that is just not like what you're taught, like you're told. And so, yeah, it, it is tough. And having all the things that kind of make you, you stripped away. I really felt just like a shell of myself. Like inside, I was like, I'm not me. I'm, I have to think completely polar opposite than I have ever in my life. I have to do things completely different than I would naturally do them. And I I remember it's super painfully, um, working out has, like I said, I, I mean, I grew up sports and has always been my therapy like really like playing and working out. It, it is truly like my mental therapy. And to lose that has for me personally has been a massive blow and a hard thing on top. It always got me through stressful points in my life. And I always worked at it at the end of the day. Cause if things built up, I could just mm-hmm. let it out and then go to bed and I would be fine. And I remember the first time I, I got home from work and it was just like a long day. It's really just like kind of a day that grinded on me. And 
like the only thing in the world I wanted to do so hard was like go crush a workout and I couldn't. And it just, it, it sucks. Your therapies are different. It's just everything. Every single thing is different and you're trying to adjust and find that balance. And, um, it's just, it it does, it takes a mental and emotional toll on you and you don't feel like yourself and it's just tough. It's just, it's just, it's a tough transition to get there. And I, I heard in another podcast that you did that, um, you know, you kind of had a point, and this is where the point hit for me, where either people get kind of tired hearing about, <laughs> you know, um, everything going on, or you learn who has um, emotional, different emotional depths. And um, yeah, certain people kind of become your therapist, certain people, or people will come up and ask me, they knew I had this issue, but um, they assume I'm better. You look at me, it's a hidden illness. Like it is. I think that's tough too. Like it's just hard to gauge. It changes every single day, the level that I can do versus not do. And people will come up and they, they'll they ask me and they'll be like, oh, how are you doing? And I either have to lie and just be like, I'm fine or I'm managing. And like, I felt like during that, that eight months kind of, I was just on the spectrum. I'm either being like, I'm fine or I was on an emotional puddle. Like that really was, there was no in between. It was so hard to regulate all my emotions and work through every feeling of grief, anger, happiness on the good days. I mean, it's not all bad, but like the things that I could do, I was proud of myself, but there's just there every emotion you could possibly feel. I felt like I felt during that time. And, um, I, I was in a critical illness recovery program in Boston. I was able to get in. And I think that was tough because so much, I was just like, well, just hold out until you get through this, hold out until you get through the hospital, hold out through blood clots, hold out through, you know, till the vaccine, hold out till whatever, till you get to doctors that have seen more cases in the Northeast, hold out till this and that. And even them, high specialists at a great hospital in Boston are asking, are literally asking me, do you think this is, do you think this is related to COVID? And I'm like, I don't know, you're the you're the specialist. And and they're telling me a year and a half in a little over a year and a half that I, um, my heart, the only, it it can only handle standing on my feet, not even moving for two to three minutes because before my blood pressure drops and my, like the headaches come on. And I just got so used to being feeling like I was half passing out all the time, like just those intense, intense headaches. And, um, I, I think it was tough. I was in PT and there's such a fine line to walk every day. There's such a battle in your head going on. Mm-hmm. There really is. There's such a battle in your head of like, I want to do this, but I can't do this. And um, how much is too much? And if I do step off that like microscopic line, then it's going to set me back like another week, like weeks, like a truly weeks. Like it would take me, if I crash, it would take a relapse. It would take me like a month to come back. And I went to a PT and I was in a session one day and I was actually making some good progress. And so I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And he overstepped my, what my, like he pushed me past what I could do. And I, like I said, I think we put so much faith in the medical professionals and you just have to know your own body so well. And like, I mean, lesson learned, right? Like I need to tell him when I cannot do this, this is not okay. And I think after that, we found a better balance between me and him and really being like, this is not okay for me today. I just cannot do this. But um, like I said, I learned a lot through those eight months, but it was an extremely mentally, emotionally, and physically, (laughs) physically painful um, process 
but I did find a lot of relief. I, I, in that time started acupuncture and I found a lot of relief in that. And, um, it was so crazy. The second time, um, I went in was the first time she, the left side of my nose, I could smell in over a year. I had lost my smell for over a year and from all the inflammation and everything. Mm. And let me tell you, that's a blessing and a curse. Like it really is like the good stuff's great. And then the stuff that like, I don't want to smell, like it feels so strong too. But um, yeah, acupuncture was kind of the first like different kind of medicine that really worked well for me. And it calmed my immune system down. I I could tell, I could tell when it retargeted my nervous system in my, down my spine. Cause I was you couldn't even touch my back. Like it was so, it felt like I was on fire. Like you couldn't even like touch my back. And the more we were able to calm down my, my nervous system a bit, the, the better I was doing. And, and I think my two year point kind of came up and I, that was really the turning point for me of, do I accept that this, am I slowly dying? <laughs> Is my body turning in on itself? We don't know. Doctors can't tell me. Am I, do I just need to accept but this is where I'm at and I just need to try and be happy with what I have the rest of my life. Do I still keep just that hope there? And I had an, I mean, I, I don't think the universe is not a coincidence. Like it just is not. And about a week after my two year mark, um, I had this acupun- acupuncture appointment and I got off the table. And I think when we have, and we're in pain every day, you do like a head to toe check. Like you do, you just naturally like wake up and like do this, like head to toe. What's tight today? What hurts today? Like what? I don't know. How do I feel today? And um, I got off that table and it was like, I was, I felt like I was like in a trance or something. Like it was this weirdest feeling. And I was like, oh, this is so strange. And she looked at me, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, like, I think so. Like, I think I'm good. And I was walking home and I just started crying because I realized that this is normal. Even my good days that I thought I could breathe normal is not even close to like, I realized I was like, oh my gosh, my head doesn't hurt. Nothing hurts. And that was such a weird, I felt like I was floating on clouds. I was skipping home, like in my head, that's what it is. Right. And, um, it only lasted about an hour, but, um, my acupuncturist did a really great job of reassuring me that my body did this. I was capable of this. And I think I just needed at that point for me. I think my spirit had been pretty crushed um, to that point, and I needed it so bad. I even went in to tell her, and I was like, I just needed it so bad. I was like crying in the appointment. I was like, thank you so much. And um, yeah, but she did a great job being like, this is you. This is, you know, your body did this, and it can do it again. And I I think, like I said, it, it was kind of that with my mom finding you, sending me some of your stuff that I did, and that was helping me with some of the breathing techniques and and led to this program. and. Um, which has ultimately changed my life. And um, I, I feel like the, the crazy thing is for everybody to know 12 days into the program with faith, what do I get again about COVID? And I hadn't had it in two years. And yeah, I, I know you talked about it on a, on another podcast, but um, ugh, that was such a crazy time because I, I even think from the get-go, like if you are considering taking her course take it. Like from the jump, you learn so much. It's work. Like it is work that I felt like I was in therapy. Like I had really (laughs) deep, like dig into like emotions and things that maybe I didn't want to feel. I was numbing myself a bit 
um, to try and get through. And I really had to put in a lot of work. But I mean, 12 days in, the things I even had learned up until that point of getting COVID um, was crazy. And I always, always, always have felt that everything happens for a reason. Like it really does. Everything happens the way it's supposed to. But in your class, you always said the universe is always conspiring in your favor. And I think that's within that first week or two. And that the way it's like said like that will forever be my mantra. I, I say that you have no idea how many times I say that phrase all the time, all the time. And like to, if my sister's talking to me about something, I'll be like, the universe is always inspiring in your favor. Um, and it just, I feel like just that mental work. It is, it's so, it starts with your head. And once you get that right, um, your body's going to follow. And it was kind of crazy having, um, I had tested, I didn't feel good and I had tested negative, but we were in the middle of your course and I had had this success. I call it my jellyfish hands, which is really funny. Don't tell me why, if you're, if you're watching this, um, but I, I think I grew up playing piano. Um, and I think there's some subconscious, like it's relaxing to me. It's yeah. kind of like scales and stuff. I don't know. That could be wrong. Yeah. That's my guess. If it uh, works, it works. It doesn't need to make sense. <laughs> kind of water. I love water. It just reminds yeah. me of jellyfish. I call them my jellyfish. Yeah. And I still do that. I, to this day, like to help. And I'll be like, do my jellyfish hands when I have a headache or something. And it does. It, it, it helps me. Um, and I'm a visual person, but, um, I was really able, I had a couple wins, like two days before I actually tested positive for COVID, I was feeling it, but I just felt like I was able because of faith in her program to really get to the point of being like, you know what? I'm meant to get COVID right now. Like I'm just, the universe is conspiring in my favor and I am meant to have this right now because I have the support system. I have the tools I'm learning and you know, I I reached out to you. I mean, there was definitely work of like the health anxiety of what to come. But the crazy thing is COVID was actually in my house two months prior and I didn't get it. And we were like, how did I not get it? I was in very close contact. And I I just think if I had gotten it, then it would have been such a different experience. And COVID was always just this bomb. I felt like was waiting to drop on me again. I, I always assumed I'd get it at some point in my life. Again, two years on the road, five years, 10, whatever. Um, so when I did test positive, I, I just, I worked really hard to put myself into the position of like, you're going to have to go through this. And if there's a time to go through it, it's now. Um, and, you know, and to have you and the girls support and everybody, um, it just, it's invaluable. Like it, it, it really, really is having that support system behind you. Oh, support is everything. But I think I, I would love to actually, I would love to pick your brain on that in terms of getting it again. Cause I remember that day and you texted me and you were like, I've tested positive for COVID. And I was like, oh, and I, was in te- I was in tears that morning at our, our thing because yeah. I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah. Of course. I mean, I was like, okay. Um, to be fair, it was a weird time as well, because I feel like that's when like COVID was like, there was just another wave in the world. Wasn't there? Like it was really random. Like all of a sudden everyone was getting COVID again. And on that call, I think three of us had COVID, but we didn't have your experience with it, of course. So it just, it was, it just isn't the same. And you're coming in with like, like, well, what you've just shared. And all of a sudden this is surprise. Um, how was it? 
obviously in all honesty, this yeah. time around, the third time getting it, you know, given what had happened prior to. Yeah. yeah night and day, night and day. It, it really was. Um, like I said, I mean, I just think the mental aspect of it not feeling like it was this bomb that was dropped on me and I was never going to come recover. And, um, the tools really put me at a lot of ease of being like, I, I'm able to co- at least control the pain. It, it just, the whole program, but especially that just, it gave me the comp, my little bit of my confidence back, um, of being able to do that. And I, I think the thing I struggled with the most was the health anxiety portion of it, of what is to come. Right. Cause in the, in the past two times I had had it, um, I had side effects. Like I was kind of like in three weeks, am I going to crash again? Am I going to have all these side effects and stuff? And I, I didn't in all honesty. And it is because of the program. Like it really is. Um, I think we talked about like, it was like three weeks, four weeks later. And I had this really stressful week of work, just a lot of deadlines, just one of those weeks at fall. And I worked my butt off. I really, really did (laughs) all the things to get up and do in the morning, taking my, like all this stuff in the day. And, um, I was able to get through that week and just, and be able to go to a wedding like that Saturday, like at the end of the week, I was able to go to a dinner and have a drink, which alcohol had made me completely sick for close to a year. Like I could not have alcohol. And so to be able to get to a point where I could have a a margarita, I missed margarita and, um, (laughs) I missed a good margarita to make it to the wedding. I even surprised myself. I think I surprised the people I was with. I surprised myself like out on the dance floor. And I, you know, I was kind of like, Oh my gosh, I did it. Like I did, like I did it. Like this is crazy. And, um, it's just those little wins that are like, people don't even understand like how big those are. And, um, so, I mean, that being three or four weeks post COVID, like that never would have happened prior, like never, never, never. Um, and it was so great, you know, getting to share that with some of the girls and everyone just being so excited for you. Um, cause unless, unfortunately, unless you go through chronic illness, you just, it's just, it's a hard thing to grasp. So. Um, yeah, just completely different experience with the program and COVID for sure. But you say it's because of the program, but it really is because of you, because I think like people underestimate, like you said, like it's hard. It's like the hardest work to like, to pick yourself up from a dark place or to fight the human instinct to spiral because it's not like, Oh, chronic illness people are just anxious. It's like, no, 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 That is just the human instinct. Like the brain is going to be like, oh my God, we've been here before. Let's protect ourselves as you know. Um, and so to fight that urge, like anyone who's been there knows that that is like the hardest thing ever. I mean, you know, you're, you are someone who's lifted before, right? You've worked out, like, you know, how hard it is to build a muscle starting from square one. And it is like blood, sweat, and tears until you are able to flex it more easily. And like you have the muscle and then you can properly lift. And that's kind of the work we're doing. But what differentiates people who are successful from people who are perhaps not having these huge results is that mental stamina and strength to be like, you know what? No, 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 no. Like I understand, understand this about the nervous system. I understand this about the brain, but like, I'm going to choose to believe this. I'm going to choose to have hope in this. I'm going to choose for, to fight for this um, and believe that I am going to, to bounce back despite evidence to the contrary, um, which is what so many of us are presented with when we have chronic illness. We're just like, so used to being like, 
knocked down again, that that's like obviously what we're going to believe. To choose to hope in something that you don't have evidence for in your life is incredibly one of those difficult things that you can do as a human being, I think. So the win is 100% on like that mental strength that you have to pick yourself up and be like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do this. You know, like that is not easy. Um, it's worth it, but I think very few people do it. And it's one thing having the tools and then it's another thing implementing it. Both are important, but implementing it is the hardest part, like you said. And I just think that that's, it's just crazy to see, you know, like hear all these stories of what came before and then how, like you said, coincidentally, you get it again. And then you come back and you're like, you guys, I was like, I had this week and then I went to a wedding and I had a drink. I was like, what? And you had had COVID. Like, it was just crazy. Yeah, nothing the same. And I, I remember coming in and telling you, I really felt like you were my therapist. So the whole thing, <laughs> like, honestly, like, because people don't understand, it, it's so much mental work. It is yeah. so much mental emotional work. And I remember coming in and being like, I feel like everything that made me me, mm-hmm. I'm a very driven person was hurting me. And I was like, I feel like I have to go against every instinct in my body um, to rest, to be calm, to like, you know, like be, you know, um, to meditate, to do these things that just naturally has not typically been my instinct growing up. And, um, I think what we were able to do together of what you were able to do for me was really switch, just putting that, that drive. I do think I'm an extremely driven person and, um, putting that drive in a new focus, right. in a new area. And something that was going to help that I just didn't know. And mm-hmm. um, I do think you do have to have that. If you want it, like you can go get it. Like it, you know, it's there. Um, you just have to put in the work and um, really, really take all the tools and the practice. And I, I tr- even coming in, I was like, I was in um, a Facebook support group. And I was like, everybody is in there from across the country. Nobody is in there posting that there's anything that's working. Like what I'm going to, I think it was so discouraging. Like I said, at the two year mark, because I was just like, all right, no one's found, like, we're all just in this together. It is what it is. And why would I believe about your beliefs? Why would I believe that I would be any different than that? You know? And so I, I, I really had to switch. Like you said, like you have to, you have to believe it so hard. And then with the tools really work work for it. And I do, I mean, some days, even now I I reach for 30 times a day. If I have a really stressful day, like I have to, I have to pull the tools all the time. And sometimes it's like two times a day and sometimes it's none. And it just depends on the day. And you do such a great job in your program of really why I was so drawn to doing your program as well as you, you say like, it's okay if you have a day that you need to just lay on the floor and cry. Like that is okay. Like <laughs> we are all going through this. And I had this day kind of once we were out of the course, but I just had this day. It really had built up. Everything had built up for me and, and to cry, but to have the mental capacity at that point to be able to be like, you know what? I'm letting it out. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to be okay. Cause it's just going to happen. It's like going to happen. Like stress is, <laughs> stress is going to happen. Um, but yeah, all the all the tools are there, and I think just people need to know that it that it is possible, especially with long COVID, because it does feel so defeating 
when you just constantly hear no one's making progress two years, two and a half years in and no one's just making progress. So yeah, hopefully uh, my story a little bit can help people with that. Absolutely. And that like, I think when you hear stories, a lot of times you think like, oh, well, they have something that I didn't have or they are someone that I'm not. So it's not possible for me. And I'm always trying to emphasize like, you know, we're all built with this ability to do this. It's inside of us. Like you said, it's tapping into it. And it's knowing that it exists because we're not, unfortunately, we don't have a manual when it comes to our, our bodies and our minds and the connections. And if only we, we knew our capacity to heal and capacity to, to help ourselves and be our own healers, but we don't. And there's, like you said, there's not really that narrative out there, unfortunately. And especially when you go, you niche down to something like COVID, which we know nothing about, you know, you get even less of that narrative and um, it takes what you did, like pulling yourself out of that, those conversations and just like fighting and searching. And I think that, you know, anyone who's kind of in this community is doing that as well though. Cause I feel like by the time people get to me, they're like, yeah, well, I guess I'm willing to try anything. <laughs> it's the fighting. It's the pulling yourself out in the right way mm-hmm. to calm your nervous system. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that I, that is why we get to you. Cause we try everything else and we're just <laughs> like, nothing works. Like nothing works. And, or, or we'll have like a little bit, but we, you know, we're not ultimately healing. And, um, yeah, I, I just think the tools of that is giving it a direction to use your energy for, and it's contagious. And once you do see a little bit of progress, like you're like, okay, everybody gets, you get obsessed with like the healing process and, um, you know, you kind of, it's, it, it rolls, it rolls down. It's addictive. And I think it never stops as well. Like when you're like, oh my God, what am I capable of? And all of a sudden you're just constantly pushing the limits of like any, any situation. Like you said, you're still doing these things today. I'm still doing these things today. Like people are always like, oh, so what tools do you use? It's like every morning I do like seven nervous system things, you know, and throughout the day I'm doing these things at night. I'm doing these things. Also, I'm a human. So like you said, there's there's stress in day-to-day life. It's normal. There's trauma stored in the body and will always be. It's normal. Like, and you're just kind of constantly applying the skills you have, sharpening the knife, like strengthening the muscle and pushing yourself. And it is something that I feel like people do become really obsessed with because it is so, I don't, I don't know another word to say, but empowering to realize that you have what you need inside of you. And like, you just haven't been taught how to use it. And you just think, what am I capable of? And like almost anything, if you can heal, it's like you can literally do anything. And so it's like, what am I capable of calling into my life? Like, how can I get more in alignment? Um, How can I overcome it? I think that the most powerful thing as well is like viewing these obstacles as like the best teaching opportunities ever. Because it's like having these profound realizations only happen if you experience it. Like as humans, we have to experience it in order to really internalize it. Like that is what wisdom is. It's the application of knowledge. So you can read about it, but it's not the same unless you're applying it in your life and you're going through it. And so when we suffer in this specific way, it's this insane experience. Like you and I are talking and it's like, oh, I can relate to that feeling, even if it was a different situation. And then like coming out on the other side is something you can't describe in words, how empowering it is, but like, yeah, you knew you had to like go through that to get there. And that's kind of my next question for you. Like, do you, do you feel like it was kind of that quantum shift for you? Do you feel like it was a little bit of both? Do you feel like you're still understanding it? Like, where do you feel like you are in 
kind of that experience of like, well, I had to go through this suffering and here I am with these realizations. Yeah. I think once I'm more active, which I am making leaps and bounds, I will, I'm, I, I think I'm not there yet to look back and be like, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's, that's real. Like that's where I am. I do completely value the process and it does give you complete confidence and being like, I can, ha- I can handle it. I can handle anything like, Hey, if I can do this, if I can heal from this, um, I really appreciate the balance in my life that it's given me. It took, it took me a long time and I fought it really hard through these like couple years. Mm-hmm. But, um, cause I am somebody that I would just jam pack my schedule. I would be traveling. I'd be going, going, going. And I just now appreciate more of a balance in my life. I really did. I would burn myself out at the gym and it's, it's more now to be like doing a 20 minute or 30 minute thing is good enough for the day, you know? And I, I really will try and do that and all the good habits. And like you said, the rituals that we learn that we do in the mornings and we do through the day and everything. I just, I really appreciate the balance. That's a hard answer for me because I, I do feel like, I have really struggled with the identity piece. And I do know that that is a big piece for me to continue to figure out. And it's this weird stage. I think we we talked about towards the end of the class too, when you're not the same person you were before. There's no way you can be. You're hopefully not the same person that you, you're definitely not the same person you were while going through this experience. And there's this weird shift, right? that happens where you can, you're starting to feel the light, you're coming out of it, but like, who are you going to be on that, on that outside of it? And that's a real thing that I'm working through to figure out. Um, and I'm pretty sure everybody would have to do that. Um, and yeah, I think there's only positive and there's only positivity. I I'm trying to keep myself as open as possible to, you know, whatever comes in my life from this. Um, I am completely open to, but, um, there's definitely, there's a lot of, there's a lot to impact. There's a lot of trauma that we go through every day. There's, there's one thing that you said that, um, from one of the classes that really stuck with me of every day waking up in pain is unwanted trauma. Like it is, there's, there's just a lot to go through and unpack and release. And so I'm still in that process myself. And I think down the road, I will be a bit more, um, like be able to look back on it and be like, yes, that's completely in the past. But, um, for me, that is still a process to work through. And I think that's okay. And, um, yeah, we're all human trying to work through this. It's like, it's, there's so many levels and layers and emotions and feelings and it's, um, but I, I, like I said, the universe is always conspiring in my favor. And I just tell myself that mantra so, so many times. And, um, I, yeah, I was, I was meant to get this in my life and I was meant to, I guess, show people that it is possible. And um, I was meant to get COVID again in your class. I mean, it just, everything has has happened the way it should. And and like you said, it just goes to show like healing is such a process. Like people always say, the infamous question. So what did you do to heal? It's like, well, yeah. um, <laughs> huh. um, no, but it just shows like how multidimensional it is. And it's like, yeah, there's like the physical symptoms, but like you said, there's this whole like identity piece, which I think is like the hardest piece of everything ever as a human. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, like we talked about this a lot, like, it's like, who am I? But like the fact that you even are not you, but you and 
whoever, because even asking that question is so powerful because I think most people, they don't get to the point where they care enough to ask because identity just becomes rooted in so many things outside of us. Because that's kind of how, like you said, like how kind of how we're raised in society. It's like, oh, you are the, this kind of person. Like you are the academic one, you are the athletic one, and you are the musical one and whatever. And like, this is who you are. And when you ask who someone is, they're like, well, I'm like a mother or a wife or a fiance and I'm athletic person and I'm, and whatever. And it's like, when you strip those things away, you have to get really real. And I think like true happiness lies in getting really real, but it's really hard to strip away these things. And it happens to all of us. And I think like when you mentioned that in class, we were all like, yep. Cause like literally all of us can relate when you strip these things away, what are you left with? And so I think it's really cool that you're like on that right now. And you're searching for that because I feel like on the other side of that is so much happiness and so much purpose. And like I said, like we wouldn't be asking that if we didn't have to. And like you said, it is this weird blessing in disguise because that authentic happiness is something that I feel like you kind of have to, to work to strip away all the things that was in, that were in the way. Um, so it is such a perspective shift, isn't it? To like the narrative of what it is to have a chronic illness. It it forces you to slow down. It does. I've always been an overachiever my whole life, a perfectionist. I think if like we laugh, like a lot of us in the class are, um, and it it really has forced me to step back. It, like I said, find that balance a bit more in my life. Um, really just be centered in who you are because there's so much you can't control, right? If you, it feels that way. It feels when you're going through it, that there's so much in your life you can't control. Um, and all you have is you, <laughs> all you have is you. And, um, you really have to get very centered in that and very grounded in that to let yourself build back up, right? You have to get torn down to build yourself back up through the process. And, um, yeah, I, like I said, it, it is, it's such a shift. You have to, you have to get there. Um, but I, I am grateful for this experience. I know it was meant to happen and provide some of that peace that centeredness maybe in my life um, where I'm okay with certain things that I would have needed to really chase before. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because this is the thing people say, what if something happens again? Or what if there's another trauma? And that's exactly it. What if, but if you find your center and you can go back to finding peace within, then it doesn't matter what if, because they will happen because it's life and things will, whatever it is, whether it's a relapse or, and, and I don't think it will be, but you know, like for example, people say you haven't relapsed. No, but trust me, I have had things happen in my life. It wasn't Graves disease again, but there's been trauma, you know? And the thing is you can't live your life. What if, um, and you can't control. And so, you know, the lesson of finding peace within, isn't this like, you know, Buddha's sort of like ultimate, um, enlightenment. Like if you can find the peace within, regardless of your circumstances, you are enlightened. That is the ultimate as a human being. That is the highest vibration where you can call in whatever you want in life if you want to get spiritual about it. And so I think that's really profound, you saying that and just like being able to do that, very, very, very few people can. I can say that with confidence, especially in this day and age. So (laughs) yeah, it's it's a journey for sure. And um, it's been a journey so far and it'll be a journey forever. (laughs) So um, I think just knowing for people that are going through it, that it is possible. Like it is, as, as bad as it feels on those days where it, it tears you up. Like it, it, it is possible. Um, that's the biggest thing I think. 
I was going to ask you if you had something to say to anyone listening, but I think that that is, yeah, yeah I mean. That and surrounding yourself with supportive people um, is, is the biggest thing because like I said, there's, there's n- sometimes when you're going through it, there's just not a lot that you feel like you can handle or you, that you can control, um, but you can control those things. So most important, I think. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, there were details in there that I didn't know about and it's, you've come such a long way and like, obviously such a testament to your strength in every sense of the word. Um, so yeah, I'll make sure to tag, you know, or tag Instagram, um, put your (laughs) handle or whatever you want to share, obviously in the show notes. So if anyone wants to connect or perhaps they're in a similar situation and they have a question, um, they can reach out. But other than that, um, yeah, just thank you. It's, it's just amazing, amazing to hear your testimony. Well, thanks Faith for everything, honestly. 